Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the 31st chapter of the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to preach this message to myself. And if you get anything out of it, okay. Last week, I preached about the provisions of God. And this week, I am preaching similar to the same thing. And uh, I was in prayer when, when I got this message. And, you know, sometimes God will give you a message, and you're doing the message, and you feel it inspired of the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden, God points you out. That happens a lot of times with we, with we preachers. And then many times, we feel that's for everybody else, but not us. And here in a minute, you're going to find out why I'm saying that. In the 31st chapter of the book of Isaiah, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Go down to the third verse. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand, and he who helps will stumble, and he who is helped will fall, and all of them will come to an end together. Now go over to verse 5. Like birds flying, like flying birds, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. I'm sorry, let's go to four, because four is part of this message. For thus says the Lord to me, as the lion or the young lion growls over his prey, against which a band of shepherds is called out, will not be terrified at their voice, nor disturbed at their noise. So will the Lord of hosts come down to wage war on Mount Zion and its hills. Like flying birds, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and deliver it. He will pass over and rescue it. How many of you see that? And the sixth verse says, return to him from whom you have deeply defected, O sons of Israel. And when you see where he's talking about Israel, we will put in place for that in the New Testament, the church. Okay, so we'll do that. Because... Actually, this book of, of Isaiah would fit perfect in the New Testament. How many of you can say amen to that? Would fit perfect into the Testament, especially how many times he prophesies about Christ, how many times he prophesies about the crucifixion and the resurrection and healing and everything that goes with it. So I'm going to pray over this message, okay? And I want you to join with me in prayer. Father God, I pray that this message go forth for the ears of this church and for the ears of the ones who are watching it right now. Father God, I pray for the healing of Marie Jones. I pray for the healing of my wife. And I pray for the healing of Don Atkins, Father, and, and families. I pray for those healings of the, the Kennans. Father God, there's so many that have still been affected by this COVID-19. Now, Father God, we bind it in the name of Jesus and release the church, Father God, to serve you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Okay, now Isaiah starts off with the word, and we need to look at this word, and the word is woe. How many of you see that? Woe. Woe is a warning ahead of time. Okay? The word woe means it's a warning ahead of time, but you get the choice. And here's something that we need to look at. God gave us choice. How many of you understand that? For our lives. God is not going to dictate your life. He's going to lead you, but he's not going to dictate to you. He's going to give you choices in your life. You have choices. People say this all the time. They say, why did God put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in, in Eden? Simply this, because man has always had a choice to serve the Lord. And so if that, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not planted in Eden, then man doesn't have a choice whether he wants to serve the Lord or not. So when God first creates man, he creates man with choice. Or we get to make decisions in our life about what we are going to do with our life. So he starts off with this. He says, woe to those who go down to Egypt. Now, Egypt always represents the sinful world. Egypt always represents the devil, always. Whenever you look at Egypt, it always represents the things that are not of God, okay? So when you, in the New Testament, look at the word leprosy, the disease, that word always represents sin. It always represents something that's unclean. So we look at this word Egypt, and, and he's saying, now woe to you, Judah, because Judah is in a circumstance that they don't feel they can get out of. And the circumstance is the Assyrians or Syria, the Assyrians are ready to come against them. And Judah does not feel like they have enough military power to come against Assyria. Now, here's what you need to understand in prophecy, and we're not going to get into that. China and Russia will come against uh, uh, Israel in the last day. They will come against them. But it will be the kingdom of the north, which is the Assyrians or Syria, that will come against Israel. I think you just need to know that because the Assyrians right now are going to come against Judah. And Judah does not feel like they have enough military power to withstand uh, uh, the Assyrians. And so here's what God says through Isaiah. He says, woe to those who go down to Egypt, the sinful world, for help. He said, you, he said, he said they rely on horses of the, of the military and they trust in their chariots because they see them as so powerful. Look what he says here in Isaiah. He says, he says, and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are strong. How many of you see that? So he says, you know, when he says that, now listen to what they're doing. The, 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 the Israelites are taking their faith and are going to put it into Egypt. How many of you understand? You can't do that. Now, people say, well, faith only is accounted unto God's people. That's not true. How many of you know it takes faith to believe in the Big Bang, big bang Theory? It does. All of these, these, these silly things that we've come up with, it takes, it takes faith. 
Okay, we, we, we can't believe in creation, but we can believe that rocks hit each other and formed a world. It, listen to me. Darwin said that we all come from this little cell amoeba. Who created that? Who created that? Listen, we are created from God and by God. Somebody say amen to that. So he says this. He says, now why would you go into Egypt when I'm your God? Judah needed help from Egypt like the church needs help from the world. Did you get a hold of that? Now let me say that again. Judah needed help from Egypt like the church needs help from the world. Now, now listen to me. We need to draw away from the things of the world, but stay in the world for ministry. How many of you understand that? We are not of this world, but we are in this world. And so therefore, what we are are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ that we teach and we preach the things of God so that people might give their hearts and lives to him. Can you say amen to that? But Judah didn't need Egypt because Judah had God and the world, the church doesn't need the world. You let secularism and humanism come into your church, and what you'll start to rely on is secularism and humanism. Now, watch this. In Genesis, and I mentioned this, okay, last week, and I'm going to mention it again this week because I think it's important. Write this down. In Genesis 26.1, write it down. Write that down. Okay, Genesis 26.1, and then go home and read it. When I give you scripture, go home and read it. Always helps. Okay, you say, well, that might, he might have known what he's talking about. Okay, but in Genesis 26.1, we have a famine. And the famine is the famine that was in Abraham's day. And so now we have a famine in the same verse, one and two, that's in Isaac's day. So what we have is that we have a double famine. How many of you got a hold of that? A double famine. We have the famine of Abraham and we have a famine of Isaac. And so everybody is eating their seed corn. Everybody, do you know what seed corn is? How many of you are farmer here? If you're a farmer, raise your hand. Okay, I hope I get this right. Seed corn is what we plant to get to pr produce the crop. Is that right? You don't eat your seed corn, right? And it don't taste good anyway. But you can't eat it if you cook it long enough. Because I remember stealing some corn. I borrowed it. I was a kid. And I went home and cooked it. You can't eat that. You cook that, that it takes a long time. Well, here's what's happening. They're eating their seed corn. Because there's famine in the land. But God says something to Isaac. Now listen to what God said. God said, don't you go to Egypt. Read it. It's right there. Because he's ready to pick up and go to Egypt. How, how often does God have to teach us, quit going to Egypt for your needs? Because God says, I am more than able to supply your need. He said, I'm not just a God of enough. He said, I am God of more than enough. Somebody say amen to that. So he says to uh, uh, Isaac, he said, take 
your seed corn and plant it right now in your double famine. And if you'll read that chapter, especially down there, I believe it is in verses 13 and 14, it said, God blessed Isaac a hundredfold to where the the Philistines were envious of him. Somebody say amen to that. You, you, You know, and I'm looking at that and I thought, now isn't that a deal? The devil hates me, I know, but I didn't know that he was envious of me. Yeah, somebody write that down. You know, the devil hates you because you're a child of God. He hates you because you're creation of God. But did you know that he envies you? Whoa, get a hold of that one. Yes, sir, we just give that. Because he envies you. You know why he envies you? You know why he envies me? Because we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. And all of our needs are taken care of. Amen. We have God. We go to the word. And the word just becomes open to us. Now listen to this. See, the church doesn't need the world. The world needs the church so that we can turn them around and get them saved. In Psalms chapter 20, write it down and verse 7. Here's what David said. He said, some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. Somebody say amen to that. David said, you can boast whatever you want to boast in. You can boast in how strong your chariots are, how fast your warring horses are. He said, but if I'm going to boast, he said, I'm going to boast in the Lord. And he said, I'm going to boast in the Lord because the Lord takes care of my needs. In verse 9, listen to what David says. He says, save Oh, Lord, may the king answer us in the day we call. How many of you know call on God? Call on God. I'm going somewhere with this. I know that you're saying, wow, I'm going somewhere with this, and then I'm going to bring myself in it. Abraham lived by faith, and he didn't need the law because he was righteous through faith. And the law comes 430 years later after Abraham. So when we look at the blessing of Abraham, when we look at the blessing of Isaac, here's something that's pretty neat. had nothing to do with the law. They didn't need the law. And the reason why they didn't need the law is because they had God. And they lived by faith. Say amen. We live by that same faith. Then why did the law come? Because they went to Egypt. They went everywhere that they could go. And they let the world come in. And they mixed themselves with other gods. And when they mixed themselves with other gods, God, God brought the law so that they could understand they were transgressors. That's all it was brought for. It wasn't brought to kill them. It wasn't brought to punish them. It was just this. You're a transgressor and the law is going to show you that you're a transgressor still does today amen anybody anybody got a stop sign around their house and you lived in your house over 20 years and you stop at that stop sign every day and one time you forget to stop at that stop sign one time especially in elwood and 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 elwood when we was young had a new marshal every week didn't pay very much. Am I right, out? I'd name them all, too. Okay. But you didn't know who was going to be the marshal that day. So, you know, you couldn't say, hey, do you know me? And if they didn't know you didn't like you, they was really going to find you. Okay. But you stop every day at that stop sign. And one day you miss that stop sign. Guess what they're going to do? They ain't going to praise you for what every, you know what? You did that every day for 20 years. They're, they're going to find you. That's what the law does. 
The law does that, but not the grace of God. Listen to what he says. They do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor do they seek me. Now, let me tell you something about the church. This church right here, I love this church. I love all of you. And, and, and my prayer is that this church is increased and it's overflowing, but not because we can say, look what we did. But because people are giving their hearts to the Lord or people are coming into relationship with God and seeing what God can do. I'm praying for the day when all the heavens open up and true revival strikes out in this church and all of a sudden God's doing something like we've never seen God do before and that's my heart's desire. Listen, I do not want to look to the Holy One of Israel and not believe in Him. But I want to look to the Holy One of Israel and I want to seek Him and say, God, these are your magnificent promises and I know that you're more than able. To bring them to pass. Now listen to what Second Corinthians. Write it down. Second Corinthians ten four. Now listen to what he says. Three and four. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the pulling down of fortresses or strongholds. That's who we are. In Matthew 16, 18, he, Jesus says, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates, plural, of hell shall not prevail or overpower. Listen, here's what God's saying. God's saying the gates of hell cannot Hold up against a church that has faith and believe that God can take care of every need in their life. Listen to what the word says. God says in your family relationships, if you have faith in God, the word will overcome every single obstacle that you have in your relationships. How many of you know God is ready to just preserve relationships and heal them and bring them? You know what? You might be estranged from your children. God will heal that. You might be estranged from your husband or your wife. God will heal that. Listen, God will heal them all if you'll just look to the Holy One of Israel. But if you go to the world for help, you're in trouble. Because listen to what he says. He says, they're horses, they're flesh, they're not spirit. He says, they're military. He said, it's flesh, it's not spirit. He said, it will crumble and fall under the mighty hands of the Lord. Hey, you know, you know I'm using my glasses better, that lady. Uh, she said, hey, you did that all wrong. And she fixed it for me. And man, is this a whole lot better. I can actually see without pulling my microphone off every time I put them on. He said, the Egyptians are not men and not gods. They're horses, they're flesh, they're not spirit. That's what he's saying. And so according to Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, listen to this. We have the power of God through the Holy Spirit to tear down any fortress that stands against us. And I like Matthew 16, 18, because he says this. He says, and, 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 and he said to men, he said, who do men say that I am? And some said, you're, they say, you're a teacher, you're a prophet. And then Jesus said, but whom do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you are right. And upon this rock, I build my church. Now listen to what he said. And the gates of hell cannot 
prevail. And I've looked at that and we've just read that so many times and we've read it and we look at it and it's so wrong. Listen, it's not the gates of hell coming against us. We're coming against the gates of hell and we're kicking asunder the gates of hell and releasing people out of hell. How many of you would like before you leave here just see an influx of people just escape hell? Somebody say amen to that. People that you know on this earth that you know are not going to go to heaven. God's saying, I'll give you a ministry for them and if you'll take that ministry, I'll give you the power through the Holy Spirit to kick the gates down so that they can be released. Reinhard Hart Bonnke, he said this, he said, we will plunder hell by taking one soul out of there at a time. And I thought, my goodness, if we just have that kind of faith. Listen to what God says. He said, don't boast in the things that are silver and gold. He said, but boast in me, the Lord. He said, the gates of hell can't prevail. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the rock. I like this. He who goes down to Egypt, he Put your name in there if you want to. Put your church in there. Put he who helps will stumble and he who is helped will fall. He said the Egyptians will come to no end. And he said, but you, Judah, you represent me. You represent my church. He said, you will fall. He said, you don't need Egypt. Woe to those who go to Egypt. Now, hold on. The Holy Spirit just brought this to my mind. I'm not telling you not to go to a doctor. I'm not saying that. I know that God can heal. But hey, if I have a heart attack right now, somebody call the ambulance as you're praying for me. Okay, that didn't go very far. Okay, let's try it again. If my leg's broken and a bone's sticking out, pray for me, but get an ambulance. You say, Pastor, you don't have very much faith. Yes, I do. You're going to pray for me, but get that ambulance here so they can set that leg. And somebody, well, don't you know, Pastor, God can heal. Yes, he can. I'm not doubting his healing. Understand this, but thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. All right, now we got that all taken care of for my future. Say amen to that. All right. But he said, he said, you go to Egypt, Egypt will fall. He said, you, he said, it, and you will fall because you went there. And it's not fallen because he's going to punish. It's fallen because we have not had the faith in the Holy One that we should. So all of them who is helped by the world will come to an end. And if you want to understand what the end is, read the book of Revelation. It will show you the end of how things are. It'll scare you half to death. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron. I think Revelation is kind of an oxymoron. Because it, it says, blessed is he who reads this book. And the word blessed means happy, full of joy. And you're reading this book and going, really? Really? How does that work? But you know what? It is blessed and it's, and it's full of joy when you realize that this wrath is not coming down on the church. And you'll say, thank you, Lord. Then you'll start praising the Lord. Okay, let's get into point two. The Lord will defend his people. The Bible teaches us that the church will always be defended by the Lord. Listen to me. A husband or a father or a grandpa, they're not worth their salt if they don't protect who they have. Somebody say amen to that. I'm telling you right now, we need to take that position. Fathers, we need to take it back. Listen to me. Fathers need to be fathers. Husbands need to be husbands. 
How many of you know saints said nothing to the wives? Now, I'm not going to. And you say, why is that? Because Jesus didn't. He just said this for the women. But listen to what he said to the men. He said, love your wives and love your children with the love that I love you. And he said, you'll get through this thing. You see, here's what happens. You know, men need to go back bonding with men. How many of you understand that? I love our breakfast. Al did a great job yesterday. You missed it, Dennis. Okay. But Al did, Al did a great job. And, 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 he, and he brought his neighbor. Isn't that right? And it made a difference. I could watch. I watched him. He's a nice guy. And, and yet it made a difference to see men of God come together and say, hey, you know what? We're joining in and we're serving the Lord. I'm glad Josh came back this Sunday. Now I don't feel like I used him in vain. You know, because, hey, he's here. And I said, okay, put the light bulbs in. It was just me and you, wasn't it? And, and guess who didn't get up on that ladder? He didn't, and I didn't. And, yes, we give him a hard time all the time he was doing that. We did not let off him, did we? we I, I know. We just wanted to see how much he could take. He took a lot. But when he started throwing the light bulbs at us, that wasn't good. Okay, the, The Lord will defend his people, just like a husband who loves his family will, just like a, a, a father who loves his family will. Now, this is really, I like this part. As the lion or the young lion growls when it's eating its prey. Now, that's an interesting idea that the Lord took there through Isaiah when he wrote that. How many of... I've been to Africa and I've seen a few things. Anybody else been to Africa? Okay, this amazing thing. That those natives know exactly how to get rid of those wild animals. And a lion, when a lion comes in, they will take, they will take uh, torches, they make loud noises, and it'll run that lion away. It will. But you want to know something? Do you know that when that lion is hungry and it has come to the end, there's no noise you can make and there's no fire that you can put in front of him that'll stop him from eating that prey. And let me tell you something. When that boy growls, you'll know how hungry he is. I got a dog. My dog is so docile. I don't even think he knows he's a dog anymore. <laughs> My dog is overweight. He weighs 83 pounds. He's supposed to weigh about 45. He weighs 83 pounds and he's this little round balloon on four legs. Okay. And I feed my dog. And the cats come and get his food. Now most dogs would just tear that cat all to pieces. That dog doesn't do nothing. And I look at that dog, and he looks at me and whines. Come on. I say, you weigh 83 pounds. That cat weighs 10. Take your food. The cat, the dog literally picks up its bowl and walks away. And the cats follow. Oh, it's, it, it gets even better. The cats wind up eating the dog food, and the dog winds up eating the cat food. And so then my cats see my dog eating their dog food, so now they go back and knock him out of there. My dog would not be a good illustration for this message. Because he is fat, 
He is lazy and he don't need nothing. But you take a lion who is hungry and is not fat and is ready to go after its prey. How many of you ever saw that movie, Ghosts in the Dark, about those two lions? And they, they almost, those Africans thought they were spiritual. Listen, those lions would not back up. There was two of them. And they were so hungry and so angry and so mean that they had to hire professional people to come in and they still couldn't get those lions. That's a true story. And those lions had killed 500 people. True story. Back in the early 1900s in India. That, true story. Now, now, now watch this. The Lord said, I am going to defend you just like that lion will not give up his prey. The Lord said, I will defend you with that kind of tenacity and with that kind of ferociousness against the devil himself. He said, he will not, he will have to back up. And he says this to Isaiah. He said, do not listen to their voice and do not pay attention to the noise. He said, the shepherds will come out. And he said they're going to make noise and they're going to do different things. But he said that lion will not give and retreat. Here's what God's saying. God's saying is that lion is hungry for that prey. I am hungry for you. He said I will not retreat but I'll go forward. Now watch this. He says that's how he's going to protect us. But now watch the, the next part. No voice from the false prophet shepherds will terrify God. No noise will disturb God. Can you say amen to that? And, and this noise is so loud that, that Moses one day is walking past these bushes and all of a sudden he notices there's a bush that's on fire but it's not being consumed by the fire. And the Bible says that, no, that Moses turned to look at the bush and when he did, it said God spoke out of the burning bush. Now here's something that you need to know about God. When God spoke out of the burning bush, he didn't say Moses. The Bible says, if you'll get into the Greek on that, it said he roared like a lion. He roared like a lion when his voice come out of that bush. He roared like a lion. The Bible says that when uh, Paul was saved on the Damascus road, he roared like the thunder. How many of you know he speaks like the thunder? He roars like a lion. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, listen to what? He didn't say, Lazarus, come forth. There's an exclamation mark there. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And it, the Bible said, the, the, the uh, terminology there is that when he said, Lazarus, come forth, that he snorted like a war horse. I want you to know something. When God speaks, man, everybody listens. When God roars out of the, when God roars out of the heavens, everybody listens. I, I'm going to tell you something. When we see these last days and God starts to speak, it says the world will, the, the earth and, and the heavens and the earth will be shaken. And there's only one thing that will not be shaken when God speaks, and that's the throne of God. That's the throne of Jesus. And if you're at that throne, you will not be shaken, but heaven and earth will be shaken when God speaks. Somebody say amen to that. So we look at that. That's God. That's how he's going to protect us. But now watch this. 
He said, like flying birds, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is a dove. He said, I'm going to defend you like a lion, but I'm going to love you like a dove. Wow. You don't think the devil doesn't have something to be afraid of? He said, I'm going to love you. He said, I'm going to protect you like the lion. We used to sing this, you know, Assembly of God there in Elwood. And they used to sing this almost every Sunday, and we don't sing it anymore. But how many of you remember? The Lion of Judah. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the Lion of Judah. And he comes from the tribe of Judah. And Abraham, uh, 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 Jacob said to his son Judah, he said, you're strong as a lion. And the Bible says that Jesus came down through that tribe, through that line of lineage, the, the tribe of Judah. He is the Lion of God. He will protect us like the lion, but he will love us like the birds flying over Jerusalem. Listen, I want you to understand something. He said, I'm going to kill them by the sword, but not the sword of man. And I'm looking at that, and I'm going back to 2 Kings. Write it down. Read it for yourself. 2 Kings 19.35. God killed 185 Assyrian warriors without the help of man or his sword. Did it on his own. Man doesn't come to aid. God will every time. Somebody say amen to that. Trust in the Lord. He'll come. He'll come and he'll, do, he'll, he'll be there for you. You know, this is an easy thing to preach. Right? No. Now we're going to get into me. I got time. So, I look at Doris. And I said, Doris. That parking lot. It's not going to last one more, sun, one, one more winter. I said, turn the gravel. I said, get a hold of McFadden and see if he'll come down here and fix us. She called him, and he can't get to us for two years. We don't have two years. We don't have two years. So she, she does her stuff for magic stuff she does, and she found this guy that'll do, you know. He'll patch it. He'll seal it. He'll do everything. $6,500, Right? So I say to, to, to Doris, I said, write me out a letter of resolution. And she said, why? I said, write me out a letter of resolution. I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to get $6,500 and I'm going to get that fixed. So she said, okay. So she writes me out a letter of resolution. While I'm doing this sermon, and the Holy Spirit says, really? He says, Really? You can't believe me for that? He said, you would go to Egypt? Oh. He said that. Because there was a time, a number of years ago, when we got together as a leadership and we said, we will borrow no more money. Is that right? We'll get this church paid off and that's it. We'll borrow no more money. And here I am, in my zeal, Forgetting all about the promise we made to the Lord. And I am doing that. And God said, really? You will go to Egypt because you don't believe that I can supply that need. Isn't that amazing? We can hear the message. And we can say amen to the message. And not believe it.
Because when trouble then comes our way, we run to Egypt to protect us from the Assyrians. I'm going to finish this message because I need to. See, the Lord says he's going to defend me. Now, the Lord says something. Listen to what he says. He says, silver and gold idols will be turned to dust. In James chapter 5, write it down in verse 3. Your silver and your gold have rusted, and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is the last days that you have stored up your treasures for. Listen, and I'm looking at that, and the Lord's speaking to me. And he said, listen, I don't need silver and gold. He said, I'm the one that made it. And he said, if you'll pay attention that when you get to heaven, he said, you're going to walk on gold because gold is going to be under your feet. And I'm gone. And then he teaches me something else. He said, do you notice that every other religion either has a God made out of stone, a God made out of wood? He said, or a God made out of gold or a God made out of silver. He said, they'll make the image like Nebuchadnezzar. He said, they'll, 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 they'll build an image. He said, then they'll do the worship and they'll bow down to it. He said, how come I have never asked you, listen, how come I have never asked the church to make an idol of me? How come I have never asked the church to make an idol of silver, gold, wood, or stone? And I said, well, Lord, you know the answer to that. He said, the only thing I want represented, here's what he said to me, is that cross. <laughs> he said, is that cross. He said, because that cross is going to get you through every need that you have in your life. He said, and that cross is going to get you to heaven. He said, when you get to heaven, he said, all that gold and silver is going to be underneath your feet. It's not going to be anything at all to you. He said, because I'm the creator. He said, you don't need to go to Egypt. I felt, I felt awful. I'm about done here. I felt awful. And then he takes me over to 2 Kings 19.35, and he said, I killed 185 Assyrians with the help, without the help of man or the sword. He said, I don't need your silver, I don't need your gold, and don't make any idols. He said that. And so then I'm looking at this. Do you ever notice in the Bible, God never says anything to any of us to make an image of him. One of my, class, one of my students said, well, pastor, we know what Jesus looks like. Well, I said, you do not. Well, he said, yes, we have pictures of Jesus all over our house. I said, you have a picture of Michelangelo. What? I said, Michelangelo made that picture. We all received that at Jesus. He said, are you kidding me? And I said, no. And, and, and he said, well, what's Jesus look like? I said, you're looking at him. He said, you are not Jesus. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, you're looking at him. <laughs> no, boy, that blew him away just like it blew you away. So I take him over to Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You want to see Jesus? Look at your neighbor. There's Jesus. You say, come on, listen to me. He abides in us. 
And Philip said to, to uh, Jesus, he said, if you'll show us the Father, that will suffice. And Jesus said, how long have you been with me? He said, if you see me, you see the Father. How many of you know Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and God, the living God and his Holy Spirit dwells inside of you? Somebody say amen to that. And do you understand that God will not withhold one single thing from his Son? And where does his Son abide? In you and in me. Right? Because when I said, if you really want to see a physical description of Jesus, he didn't have long hair. What? I said, he lived in the days of the Romans. I said, he probably had short hair and short beard. And they said, no way. I said, see, you don't believe, you, you believe that picture. Well, listen, here it is. If God resides in me, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, I, you, have been made complete. Why do we not want to go to Egypt? Because when we go to Egypt, we're saying, God, you can't do what we need done in our life. And God can. He can do anything that he has promised in our life. Listen to what he'll, what he'll do for you. You know what he'll do for you? The Bible says anything that you ask him in the name of the Son, in the name of Jesus. He'll do. Let's stand this morning. We used to sing this old song. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The Bible says that he will pass over and rescue us. When the blood is applied to the lintel of the doorpost with the Egyptians, the death angel passed over. And where the blood was applied, they lived. The blood has been applied to your life if you're born again and if you're saved. If you're not, you need to be because that's who Jesus is. And he said, like birds flying, so the Lord of hosts will protect us. He's going to protect us like the lion would. And he's going to love us like he does the birds. Here's the conclusion of this. God gives an invitation to repent and to turn one from his evil way so he can deliver him. The Bible says in that day, every man will cast away his silver and his gold, his idols, which their hands have made. The Assyrians, the devil and his demonic spirits will not fall by the sword of man, but will fall by the sword and the hand of the Almighty. And this is my message. I didn't get to read it. I mean, didn't, didn't write it after I heard these guys. And in Zechariah 4, 6, listen to what he says. Not by might and not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Would you take this? Listen, God's, God's on the throne. 